Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of the User Game Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Bo Patton, uh, coach of Maryville High School. Um, so I just want to kind of jump into it, man. Uh, tell me about your uh, your first year as a head coach. Yeah, um, it, it was a rough year, honestly, the whole season. Um, I think we start off the year maybe uh, won our first game, lost our second, then went three and one. And then we hit a really, really rough patch um, to some really quality teams. So so no disrespect in that. Um, going down to Christmas Attics, playing Warren Central, um, New Haven, who had a really good team last year. Um, and we, then we took some some losses that I thought we should have won. Um, you know, we lost to Griffith, lost to Holbert, some teams we haven't lost to in, in at least 10, 15 plus years. Um, and then we kind of start turning the corner a little. Um, ended the season with nine wins and 12 losses. <laughs> um, not a really good record. Uh, but uh, the thing is, we only had uh, really one guy who had any real varsity experience, and that was Keon Thompson. Everyone else um, kind of new to the varsity game. So, um, but ended the year on a good note uh, before COVID-19 hit. Um, avenging two losses. Uh, we lost to Lake Central in the regular season. Lost a monster in the regular season. Ended up knocking those two teams off to win a sectional championship in our first year in sectional one. So it was a really tough sectional. So uh, although we had some rough patches throughout the season, really proud of how my guys just stuck with me and just stuck to the process and um, played together at the right time. Gotcha. Definitely. Um, like I said, congrats on, you know, your success this year. What did you uh, – what was your biggest uh, transition from – you know, being an assistant, you know, coach, uh, and then moving into a head coaching role? Uh, I think one of the biggest things was the respect piece. Um, I think my guys have always respected me, of course, just for, for what I do for them. Um, try to always go out my way to to get some guys in the gym and things like that. But just, um, you know, however you want to put it, being a little more tougher as an assistant, I always try to be the the kind of encourager, nice guy, whatever you want to call it. But as a head coach, um, that role drastically changed. Um, some guys uh, almost hate you <laughs> uh, in <laughs> right. a sense just because you're pushing them outside of their comfort zones and things like that. But um, I know as a player, I respected the coaches that, that pushed me to do more than I knew I could do, more than the coaches who kind of let me slide. So um, that's just something as a head coach, a big transition I knew I had to take in order to get my team to maximize their potential. Um, I think the other thing would be just the structure of organizing practices um, and then also being the head of the freshman, JV, and middle school programs. That was something that was new to me, having full control, doing what I, doing what I want to do in my youth programs with Junior Pirates. So uh, all that is a lot. Um, almost the off-the-court stuff <laughs> consumes a lot of your time more than on-the-court stuff. Um, a lot of the film time is not done during the day. That's usually done at one or two in the morning <laughs> after I spend time with my wife. So uh, those two things, I think, have been the biggest adjustment in my first year. Right. Now, you said, um, you know, spending time with your family, spending time with your wife, uh, you know, that work-life balance, you know, it's kind of hard to, um, you know, kind of hard to deal with. So how do you, you know, Absolutely. find time to do the work-life balance? Like, what's your kind of like your routine? Uh, when do you cut it off? You know, do you cut it off as soon as you get home or, you know, what it, what is that like for you? Yeah, I think um, 
I, I try to schedule uh, my my day really well, uh, a day ahead. I think that helps. Also, um, when I get home, I do cut it off immediately when I get home. I'm spending time with my wife. Like I say, uh, I try to not think about basketball when I get home until about 10 or 11, my wife goes to sleep. And then some nights, most nights, honestly, during the season, I'm getting up, like I say, at 1 or 2 in the morning, reviewing film, uh, taking notes, um, getting practice plans ready and things like that. But um, if you know me, a big thing about me is my faith. So um, I think, honestly, that's what kept me throughout the season. Um, just being at church, um, listening to those soundboards, even like you, Coach Neek, uh, Coach Larry, um, even me and Coach Bugs talked a few times, um, especially, but listen to the words from my past and my pops. And then just people I respect, uh, my uh, actually, Leron's dad, my high school, my, not high school, but my youth coach growing up, was a really good sounding board. So I take counsel from guys who have been there before. I, I know I don't know it all. So, um, but it's hard, man. It's hard. It's, it's tough. Um, especially, you know, I got a daughter on the way. So, congrats um, on that. Gonna, thank you. That's going to consume some more time that I'm going to have to really, you know, figure this thing out. So, but I'm looking forward to the challenge. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah. I, and that's, that's also good. You know, uh, I go back to my old head coach, uh, Tennessee State. Um, mm-hmm. That started on the women's side. So, it was a little bit different. But, you know, having a different perspective of basketball is definitely, I mean, you need those people to, kind of tell you to block out the noise because, you know, you read, yeah. you know, through social media and you see um, a lot of stuff that goes on and you're like, man, come on. Like, you know, I think <laughs> it, you know, like, man, this dude know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people mm-hmm. are, we live in a, we live in a microwave generation anyway. So we want Absolutely. it, we want it fast. And for you to do it in your first year, you know, that was, that was nothing but God, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, that's it. That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> if so, you came to any game during the regular season, you, you would know that I, you know, when say, yeah, I'm saying, I ain't know what I was doing. So yeah, if you want to call I, it, I, whatever, yeah. I don't care how, what you got to say. We right. on the right note and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's, so. and like I said, as you go, you know, uh, you know, just my experience having a first year, just as you go, man, like it'll, it'll definitely get, you know, easier my rookie year you know i didn't expect mm-hmm. i just came in with like look you know i want to change the culture you know and that's exactly that's, honestly that's the first piece man like before you even can win games like you got to establish yourself and you know what i'm saying you got to be a, create that culture um and kind of speaking of that you know going into that you know what's your opinions on the current state of high school basketball uh well i mean you almost got to look at it by by region. I think um, you know everybody wants to talk about our region and this and that. Um, honestly, believe we are behind. Mm-hmm. This is nothing new to the people who have you know coached basketball for a few years. We even follow the region. Um, I think um, number one, uh, I think we got to educate our parents a little better um, on kind of what's going on and, and the steps they need to take to make sure their kids are getting recruited and things like that. Um, I think we've got to be honest with these kids on what level they can play at and if they can play college basketball. I think you hear a lot of talk about people who say, you know, D2, NAI, I play NAI basketball and I've been to a ton of Division II basketballs games and those guys, some of those guys are just as good as Division One players. <laughs> right. And there are a lot of Division IIs. You talk about Florida Southern. Um, you talk about um, – even NEI is like Indiana Wesleyan, those guys get division one guys. 
So, um, and some of those, like I say, some of those programs are better than some of these low-level Division One schools. Um, but I think uh, we've talked about our region. I think uh, a educating the parents. I think two, uh, and of course, like everybody knows this stuff already. But us coaches got to start coming together um, in the season. Let's battle. I'm all for it. But in the off season, we got to create lanes for our guys to get more exposure and things like that. And, and it's got to be a group effort. It's not going to be, you know, just me looking out for Miraville guys, you looking out for Calumet guys, or L.A. looking out for 21st guys. Um, if we got a kid who's good, um, or if you got a kid who's good that year or whatever, we got to bounce off these numbers. Uh, hey, I know I got a kid, but, hey, you know, Neek's got Ashton at, at Calumet. Check him out. Here's his number. Right. So I think when you talk about that, when you talk about educating the parents, when you talk about really being honest with the kids, then – I think um, really just cultivating a togetherness amongst region coaches. I think also AAU programs is kind of that 360 circle. It's the AAU programs, the high school coaches, and it's the parents. Right. So uh, I think uh, all those three levels got to combine, and it's going to be for the greater good of the kid. And once we get to that level, I think uh, we, we, we have talent in the region. Is it the same talent as a Chicago or Indianapolis? I think it just depends about year, to be honest, because I think uh, when we, you know, the years were in Miraville with DJ Wilkins, Jairus, um, the same years East Chicago had, you know, uh, Jermaine Cousinard, Damian Jefferson, um, you know, the list goes on. But I think those years we can't compete with a Chicago or Indianapolis as far as talent from top to bottom. So, um, you know, just putting all those pieces together and everybody, high school coaches especially, putting egos aside. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and like I said, you know, working with you guys, uh, you know, talking to Coach Moore um, and, you know, talking to you, we work together. Um, you know, it's just definitely important to for us mm-hmm. to start, you know, growing together. You know, I know everybody yesterday saw the post, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know. Come on, bravo. And, right, right. So, <laughs> and it's not, you know, not so much taking offense. If, you, if you're not doing it, you know, that's one thing. But if you're doing it, which I know, you know, you guys – uh, you know, pretty much promote your players and different things like that. But, you know, I didn't take mm-hmm. offense to it, you know, to the point yeah, of, yeah. you know, that I'm just mad, you know, mad at it. But, you know, it, it kind of, you know, kind of took it a shot. you a little. Yeah, yeah it hit, hit a little, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, we, we know what we do. Um, But we exactly. do need to, you know, we know we do need to figure out how to get an exposure event because we're so, so, so close to Chicago. Um, I agree that, you know, many coaches, you know, I one kid last night, I said, well, if you can go to a buffet in Chicago versus getting a three course meal and having to sit down and, you know, you probably gonna go to that buffet and you're going to get a whole bunch of players who, mm-hmm. you know, from a whole a state, you know, we and I told, you know, I talked to uh, Coach Moore about it and it was I said, we don't we probably don't even make up a quarter of. You know, in, even if we put a, in ourselves inside of Chicago, we still won't make up a quarter of, you know, what kids are at certain high schools, you know. So exactly. Um, it's kind of so, I mean, you know, I mean, it's that piece and it's, you know, Chicago's just got a lot more resources than us. Exactly. Um, I mean, you talk about like uh, I know, you know, I'm real cool with uh, Corey Moore, who runs the region team and he's out there coaching Nike Shy League and we tried to do some kind of pro-am out here. And pretty much, you know, they like, why, why would we do it out there when we got Chicago? Right. It was the big market, big city. Exactly. And I've even heard from some college. Yeah, Bo, you said that, um, 
you know, you talk to, you know, some guys in Chicago about uh, having a, you know, pro-am. So, yeah, kind of, you know, what what were your thoughts on the pro-am and and trying to get it over here? Uh, Well, I was just trying to do something similar to the Nike Shot League uh, where, you know, we can do do a little pro-am, like a men's league or things like that, or a college prospect. But I was thinking bigger, you know, like the Nike Shot League and, uh, you know, talking to Corey Moore. Uh, and he's like, why, why, you know, Nike pretty much said, why would they do it over here when it's not a big market city or, right. you know, the talent pool is not there. So, and like I, I was uh, mentioning too, that I even talked to a college coach maybe two or three years ago. And like I said, of course, they're going to come out here for the Jalen Washington's, Keon's, right. uh, the Nellies. But I'm talking about our second level kids. The response is pretty much is, why would I go to Northwest Indiana for a second level kid? When I can go to Chicago when there's a much bigger talent pool. Right. So, you know, just little things like that that people don't understand. But like I said, um, I, I'm a total believer that if it's meant for a kid, it's going to happen. But yes, we absolutely have to work for it. So we got to create some kind of way. Uh, like you said, we can get more exposure for our guys and, and you know, work together as a group. Right. So talk about um... – Talk about coaching a Division One prospect. You know, I I know you had a few that you coached. So just talk about that. You know, how do you, you know, you know, some kids senior high school. Oh well, um, you know, this kid might might be some favoritism towards that. Like, how do you deal mm-hmm. and get kids to understand? You know, on your end, like, hey, like it is what it is. The Division One coaches want this kid. You know, so how mm-hmm. do you, you know, deal with those? other high schoolers and parents that don't understand that, why he might be getting the ball a little bit more, why he's doing this. And not so much, you know, just because that's, you know, the coach is wanting him to have the ball, but like talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. And I, I think, um, I don't have a kid, but until I have a kid, I won't fully understand it. But I pride myself on the fact that um, I do preach a team game. Right. And so, you know, if a kid is, um, you know, we have a lot of Division One talent over the past, and I, I tell parents straight up like this, you want your kid to be a Yeah, I got you back. So, okay, cool. Uh, you know, you talk, My bad. You know, you talk to parents um, about, you know, so, you know, having a Division One prospect, you said you talk to parents um, and let them know from the jump. I, well, I let them. I asked them pretty much, you know, hey, do your kid want to play college basketball? Ninety percent of the response is yes. Well, I should say ninety nine percent to be honest. <laughs> but right. um, so I'm saying, you go to college. Do you look at stats? Do you look at games? Um, usually, the players who's the most efficient is taking the most shots. Shots are not evenly distributed at the next level. So, um, like I said, I pride myself on. I've never told a kid not to shoot basketball. So if your son shoots the ball. You know, let's say three times he goes over three, then okay. Then maybe, you know, he needs to stop shooting, right. you know, in a sense. But right. also, and that's just the honest truth, but also, um, I take pride in, um, like I say, that extra time in the gym. So if you want your son, you know, to be at a certain level, how much time is he spending in the gym, you know, with me or with the assistant coach or outside of this? So, um, you know, just, you know, I, my, I, you know, kids say favorites and this and that. And yeah, I sell kids. Yeah, I do have favorites. My favorite kids are the kids who come to school every day, do what they got to do. My right. hardest workers in practice and are putting that extra time in the gym. So yes, I do got favorites. 
So if you want to be a favorite, be one of those kids. Take care of business in the classroom. Put the extra time in the gym. And, you know, do what you got to do. So I would so never. To... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your statement. No, I say I would never tell a kid, you know, not to shoot the ball or, or you know, we've had some situations like that, you know, in my first year where, you know, a parent felt like the kid was not shooting as much as they would like them to. And my first response is, well, how much extra time is he spending in the gym? Or has your kid ever told you I told him not to shoot the ball? It, you know, it comes down to confidence, too. You shoot, you could, we could run a play, and you can get the ball and decide to shoot it. And if you make it, I'm not going to say nothing to you. Right. <laughs> you know? So it comes down to making shots. You got to make shots. So right. and are you defending? Are you rebounding? How are you contributing to the team? So. Yeah, and I think that's where we kind of lose, you know, lose our uh, focus sometimes is, you know, just – Having kids, you know, yeah, any kid can shoot a shot. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But can you make a shot? You know, exactly. can you do it on a consistent basis? Exactly. You know, I'm like, you know, I, I feel like you said, like, you get three times. All right. Mm-hmm. And one is, uh, <laughs> my bad, my fault. You know, yep. might have been a bad shot, coach. All right. The second one, okay, like, fool mm-hmm. me twice. You know, but the yep. third time, you got to come on out, brother. Exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? Or you got to get to the basket. We got to do something different. Mm-hmm. You know, you like you said, you owe, you owe for three at this point. So Or or um, how much are you contributing to the game? You know, are you defending? Yeah. Are you rebounding there? Are you making plays? So, and, you know. And I think that's the that's the mistake that a lot of people make in not watching the next level. Yes, like when you get recruited and you commit, they're, they're recruiting for another class of probably mm-hmm. the same you. You yep. know what I'm saying? So, you know, a lot of people don't understand the college process, you know, and you haven't been on that level. Uh, myself been in, you know, in, in what that recruiting and what the coaches look for. Like if, if they're not asking for the five, eight kid and that five, eight kid, you may have to go like a different route. Like exactly you know, with, with Damian, you know, um, Yes, could he shoot with a lot of Division One prospects? Yes, mm-hmm. but are those when you got you know uh, and you know some of my people in Nashville when you got a Coach Penny, you know Tennessee State who has uh, dude six eight point guards, you know what I'm saying? Like they can do the same thing as a five you know five ten five eleven you know shooter. It makes it exactly tough, so. it does. And, and you and, I don't and, think and, you know smaller guys got to bring something a different toughness to the game, you know. So, yeah. and big, big respect for you for Davion too, and for his scholarship to IU South Bend, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yep. I South mean Bend. to to not play senior year and be injured, and to still pull out that. That's I know that's much respect to you. I know how much time you spent, you know, toward a rec- uh, you know, exposing him. I see it. So, and yeah. Davion a great kid. So, much respect. Yeah. So, uh, my last question, Bo, for you. Uh, What's what's your typical uh, game day? How do you? I know you work in the school, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. What's now? What's your what's your typical? How do you how do you relax before a game? Do you go get away from the school? You go home, you eat, or what's your typical game day? Yep. So usually, uh, my day is pretty much done about twelve thirty, twelve thirty one. Okay. Uh, school lets out about two fifty. So uh, right when my school day is done, as far as teaching. I'm going straight to the locker room, reviewing plans, reviewing notes, uh, reviewing practice plans, seeing what we did well, seeing what we didn't do well. Um, And then about when the guys get out, uh, texting all my guys, make sure they got something to eat. (laughs) Because, you know, Mm -hmm. high school kids, they'll they'll go a whole day without eating. Lightheaded in the game, cramps and all things like that. Exactly. I'm checking to make sure all my guys ate. 
and then me and my assistant coaches will eat. Um, and then I'm pretty much uh, locked in at the school the rest of the day. On the game day, I'm pretty much locked in because then, you know, we get together uniforms, uh, water bottles, uh, you know, coaches and the managers, um, and then just watching film, man. You know, as a coach, uh, I learned this from a lot of coaches, and I always wondered as an assistant, like, you've been watching film all week, man. Like, what else do you got to see? <laughs> <laughs> right, you know? exactly. But, you know, as a coach, you can never be, never be overprepared. Right. So I think it's just one of those things where, um, like I say, uh, make sure my guys eat, getting everything together. Then I'm locked in and film. Uh, definitely prayer. Um, there's even some points where I kick everybody out of my office, including my assistant coaches, or yeah. when they go out to the gym for shoot around, I'm locked in there by myself. Just prayer, yeah. meditating, um, you know, getting my thoughts together. A lot of things, you know, rotations and <laughs> a lot of stuff. So. Right. That's kind of my routine. And then uh, get my guys ready, mentally ready for the game. So. Well, man, I definitely appreciate you hopping on with me, you know, taking time. Uh, shout out to you. I know you got a, a Calumet grad over there, uh, Mike Aiken. Sir, my boy Mike. Uh, Stolen from y'all. So, right. You, you got one of the Calumet. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, great coach, to too. Mike's a great yeah, coach. Man. Man. <laughs> yeah, Mike, man. Yeah, Mike's a good dude. So I definitely, uh, you know, we took some, we, we, we celebrated with y'all, man, because, you know, y'all are family still. Absolutely. Um, so keep doing what you're doing, man. Like I say, anytime you know you need me uh, for anything, you know I'm definitely uh, you're you. Like I said, you're just a great guy, great young man. Yep. And, you know, I know you're gonna have continued success, man. But uh, definitely, we'll be talking soon again, man. Just trying to plan some stuff, and uh, definitely thank you uh, for jumping on today, man. Yep, appreciate it. All right, man. Talk yep. to you soon. All right, we'll see you. Yep.